The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. You are listening to Habs and Minded. Brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Absent-minded. My name is Jared Book, and I am alone on on this podcast, uh, doing this after the Montreal Canadiens lost four three to the Detroit Red Wings. Don't worry, I am not going to talk about that game because there's lots of other things to talk about. Starting with the trade of Marco Scandella, and before today started. There were questions about, you know, whether Mark Bergevin was going to jump on the train of tra- uh, of selling. You know, you saw it with the New Jersey Devils. They made two trades, trading Andy Green and then Blake Coleman. You saw it with the Los Angeles Kings, trading Tyler Toffoli. And then you saw it early on Tuesday when Dylan DeMello went to the Winnipeg Jets, Brandon Dillon got traded to the Washington Capitals, and then Mark Bergevin traded Marco Scandella to the St. Louis Blues. And there's not much you can get upset about with this trade. Absolutely nothing. Scandella was acquired for a fourth-round pick 20 games ago. Played 20 games for Montreal Canadiens, and they turned that around and trade him for a second round pick and potentially getting a fourth round pick back because of uh, the conditions on that pick, which basically if he re-signs before October 7th with the St. Louis Blues, they get that pick. Or if the St. Louis Blues win two rounds of the playoffs and Scandella plays at least 50% of those games. Now the Canadians do retain $2 million on the contract. I don't care about that. It, it, it's completely inconsequential. If that meant that, you know, they got a higher draft pick because of it, so be it. It, it really makes no difference uh, in, in that. But, I mean, if that's what's going to happen between now and, and Monday, February 24th, it's going to be a, a, not only a fun week for the Canadians and, and getting what they... Uh, might have coming towards them, but also the the draft in June. You know, right now as it stands, they have four picks in the first two rounds of the draft. They still have players like Nate Thompson, Ilya Kovalchuk, without even going into players like Thomas Tatar, Yuval Armia potentially, Jeff Petrie potentially, you know, Nick Cousins, Jordan Wheel, Max Domi, who they might trade. There's a lot of decisions coming up, but the way that buyers are currently p- 
paying for players, you have to listen to everybody on your roster. You just have to. Because there's no there, there's there's no reason not to, first of all. Second of all, the prices are very high. And there aren't that many sellers or, or players that might be available. So you have to, to jump on it. There's definitely something brewing between Montreal and Colorado. I am assuming that it's probably Thomas Tatar. Potentially, maybe, Max Domi. Either way, I think they're looking for a forward, especially now that Rantanen is out uh, for, for at least several weeks for the Avalanche who are, who are trying to make a push towards the playoffs. And they have some interesting pieces that, that might be of interest to to the Canadians and you know they might be uh, desperate enough to to pay for it. Uh, they're also looking at Chris Kreider according to reports and Tatar might be you know the the second choice there. Maybe even Ilya Kovalchuk. You know the Bruins have been rumored on on Coleman. They've been ruin, rumored on Toffoli, and they're looking for at Kreider as well. They're looking for forward help. So maybe Montreal trades with Boston. You don't always want to see that because of obviously the rivalry and helping a, a divisional rival, but you know they're not they're not competing this year. They're, they're probably not even going to compete next year with, with the Bruins in, in terms of playoff positioning. So you know we'll have to see what happens between now and the trade deadline. Uh, but by the time that you listen to this, there might be completely changed. Uh, there might be some some things that have already happened, but it, it's going to be interesting. And, and you know with Montreal losing to Detroit, there's now no doubt of what the future holds. And the future holds no playoffs for the Canadians and they're going to be selling off. I want to transition into, you know, who I would trade. And one name I'm going to throw out there for right now, and I don't think this is going to happen before the deadline. So don't, don't you know, take my words and, and twist them around. But one person I would be seriously considering trading is Max Domi. And the reason for that is the team has already established that, or maybe not the team has established, but it's it's already been pretty clear that the team feels that he's better at center than he is at wing, which which was the case, you know, when they, they tried Nick Suzuki at center on his line, and, you know, a few games later they, they put him back. They sent Jesperi Kutkaniemi to Laval in, in part to get Domi and Suzuki playing center. So if that's what you're you're going with, and going forward, the Canadian centers, Philip Dano, Nick Suzuki, Jesperi Kutkaniemi, and then you have Jake Evans, you have Ryan Paling, you have uh, Lucas Vedemo, all, all those guys. You, you can obviously get a, a fourth-line center from a lot of places. In the offseason, it's, it's not, not a hard spot to fill. So if that's what you're you're looking at, you're looking at Domi at wing. And Max Domi is going to want a contract, obviously, going forward. He signed a two-year deal when he was acquired by the Canadians. And now that contract is running up. And you have to wonder if the team is going to want to pay him for his production at center when he might not have a spot at center. And I feel like his trade value will be higher than it would be if you keep him and sign him to a, a bigger contract. 
So that's where I'm at with, with Domi. I, I think that you can get something for him. Again, I don't necessarily think that you want to rush this. But having said that, if I'm a team that's interested in Max Domi and I'm going to the playoffs and I can get him for a playoff run, then you still hold his rights as a restricted free agent at the end of the year, sign him to a contract then, you know, that extra playoff run might entice you to pay a little bit more. Same thing applies to, to guys like Tatar as well because you have him for next year, but you also get a playoff run with him as well. I like Max Domi. I think he's a good player. He's he's exactly what the Canadians needed last year. This year, a little bit more up and down. Obviously, it's not as, as successful of a season. But I do think that he would have more value in a trade to the Canadians looking at 2020, 2021, 2021, going forward than he would if you sign him. And again, it depends on the contract. Right, if he's going to sign for for, you know, less than Jonathan Duran makes, then then you consider it. Another another thing to consider, if if a lot of teams are angry at Mark Bergevin for sending an offer sheet to Sebastian Ajo, you might not even have to trade Max Domi. You can just have him sign an offer sheet, collect the picks, and if someone's offering a first round pick in that, then you take it and and use that. But again. We're, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but that that's what I'm thinking when it comes to Domi. When it comes to Ilya Kovalchuk, listen, I think that he's been a breath of fresh air on this team when he needed it most. He's been fun to watch. He's been energetic. He's been you know, scoring big goals. But you have to trade him. You, you have to trade him. You, you can sign him July 1st. If he's that interested in coming back and you want him to could be back, just sign him July 1st, get picks for him now. And again, it depends. If someone's offering you only a fourth-round pick, you keep him. But let's face it, that's not what's going to happen. That's not what's going to happen in this market. That's not what's going to happen between now and Monday. Somebody's going to offer more for Ilya Kovalchuk, and I think you take it. Do you get a first-round pick? Maybe. Do you get a package like Vancouver gave up for Tyler Toffoli? Maybe not as much, but I think you get a prospect and a pick. Or a pick, you trade him. You have to. And something else that, that changes the landscape of, of this trade deadline is about a week ago, the Laval Rocket were in the playoffs. And obviously, if you trade players from the Montreal Canadiens, you have to replace them with the Laval Rocket players that you're calling up. And, you know, you don't necessarily want to sacrifice the playoffs to, to do so. That's not so much a problem anymore. I don't necessarily know what's going on with the Laval Rocket. Uh, that, that could be a whole other podcast going forward. But what what needs to happen is that this that you have to worry about the Montreal Canadiens and that's what Joel Bouchard is thinking about he said on several occasions that his goal as Laval Rocket head coach is to help the Canadiens win the Stanley Cup and helping the Canadiens win the Stanley Cup is you know at some point sacrificing your AHL team 
Is it important to have a successful AHL team? Yes, I do believe that. Is it worth having a successful AHL team at the cost of your NHL team? No. But what the Canadians can do is they can, you know, necessarily call up a guy like Gisberry Kutkaniemi. They can call up players like Xavier Willett, who is contributing very well to the Canadians right now. Or at least playing at an NHL level. Especially the trade of Scandella. You know, they might see Christian Foley go back up because now they only have six defensemen in Montreal. And Victor Mete's hurt. Or he left... Tuesday's game as well. So there's, there's a lot of things up in the air when it comes to the roster, when it comes to things like that. But one thing is for sure, the Montreal Canadiens are going to be sellers. And, you know, getting swept by the Detroit Red Wings, yes, it's a punchline. Yes, there's not much you can do about it. But at the same time, these things happen. You know, it. it I remember probably at this point, about 15 years ago, the Montreal Canadiens swept the season series against the Boston Bruins. They met in the first round, and that series went seven games. It happens. I believe something similar happened to Tampa Bay, with Tampa Bay a little, a few years ago as well. A few, I say a few years ago, but time flies really fast. During It was Dale Weiss's first time with the Montreal Canadiens. That much I don't remember. But... The, the one thing that I'm, I'm curious about, and I, I wrote an article about it that came out on Tuesday, is, you know, the, the, these are the easy decisions to make. You know, trading guys like Scandella, trading potentially Nate Thompson, Ilya Kovalchuk, guys on expiring contracts who, you know, either have little future in Montreal or can be easily replaced going forward. What I'm curious about is whether he gets creative. And creativity is, is not Mark Bergevin's strong suit. Let's, let's be honest here. So what needs to happen is that he needs to really think about what direction he wants. And there's going to be hard decisions to make. You know, he might want Ilya Kovalchuk on his team. But is Ilya Kovalchuk for a year or two worth not getting a first or second round pick? Depends what you feel like. Depends what you're looking at. It depends on a lot of factors. And and we're going to learn a lot about what Mark Bergman thinks about the organization in the next week. And, and potentially, you know, going into the summer. If if it's even him that, that, that holds his job into the summer. Because, you know, if this team continues to spiral down, there could be a lot of changes in the Montreal Canadiens organization. I don't necessarily think that he's going to get fired, but it remains a distinct possibility as long as this team keeps losing. And if they keep blowing third-period leads to the worst team in the NHL, you know, patience is wearing thin. You saw Claude Julien after the game you know, basically pleading with the reporters that the team has to play 60 minutes and that he can't put the skates on and do it for them. There's definite frustration there. Confidence is low on the, on the room in the room. That's a factor as well. I, I don't know if this is necessarily 
something that needs to change wholeheartedly in your organization, or if it's just you know frustration on how the season is going. I mean, look at Toronto. Toronto losing again to the Pittsburgh Penguins. You know, they were down 5 nothing at one point. And expectations were much higher for Toronto than they were for Montreal. They've already gone through a coaching change. What, what else can you change there? You're not going to change the coach again. You know, they, there's not much time to do anything with the roster. Obviously, there's injuries and things there as well. And, and Montreal knows all about dealing with injuries and how they've it, it pretty much derailed their season. But it's it's interesting to see how, how this season's going and you know, a team like Buffalo who started off so strong and then struggled. It's not it's not easy to make the playoffs. It's not easy to make the playoffs. And, you know, a lot of teams do it and, and it, it, it you know, more than half the league. Or just about half the league now that, you know, there's gonna be thirty two teams make the playoffs, but, it, you know, you need to have 82 games and there's going to be ups and downs and, you know, Montreal, the problem with Montreal is that they've had two eight-game losing streaks. They're on a five-game losing streak now. That's what costs you. you every team has bad games. It's limiting those bad games in, in strings like, like the Canadians have had. And, their win against the Toronto Maple Leafs in overtime feels like forever ago. Not only is Marco Scandella not on the team anymore, Ilya Kovalchuk might not be on the team anymore this time next week. Obviously, Ed Eyes and the Prize will be covering this, and th- this isn't ex- exactly a very long podcast, but things needed to be said, I feel. Uh, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's hard to watch this team right now, but it, it, it's pretty hard to watch this team right now. But obviously there's going to be things that are positive. Nick Suzuki and his play is positive. The emergence of, you know, the, the, Paul Byron played well in his first game back in what feels like forever. There, there are positives, even despite the losing. And, and obviously every loss helps their odds in the lottery. That becomes close to where the focus is right now. Like I said, they have four picks in the first two rounds of the 2020 draft. The draft is in Montreal. So you know that a lot of fans are probably going to show up on the Saturday morning to see what Montreal does in that second round. Heck, they, they might have even more picks by the time all, all is said and done. You have to say Mark Bergevin got off to a good start to trade deadline. You know, he basically turned a fourth-round pick into a second-round pick. And it, he did it in 20 games. I wonder what Jason Botterill is thinking. And, and I, I watched the end of the Buffalo-Ottawa game on, on TSN, and they showed Botterill in the box in Ottawa. And uh, he was not a happy camper. Obviously, that had nothing to do with the Scandella trade, but I'm sure it didn't help. Obviously, the Montreal Canadiens still have a couple of games this week. The season is not over in terms of games being played. There's a lot to play for. They play on Thursday against the Washington Capitals in Washington. And then they go from the American capital to the Canadian capital. And on Saturday, they play the Ottawa Senators 
in Ottawa. And then Sunday's a day off. Monday is the trade deadline. They'll probably have a practice on Monday. They might even have a practice on Sunday. And from there, we get into the last 18 or so games of the season. For the Laval Rocket, they're in action on Wednesday. And they need to win some games. <laughs> they need to win some games. The game is on RDS on Wednesday. The game is on RDS on Friday as well. They have the Manitoba Moose for two games. They play the Toronto Marlies on Saturday. And they have to win their home games to, to start making a run at these things. It's not over yet. There's a lot of talent in Laval. There's a lot of talent in Laval. And I don't think it's impossible that they turn this game this season around. They just got Jake Evans. They just got Christian Foline, who again might be called up. A defenseman's probably going to be called up from Laval before Wednesday's game. But the the important thing is that they start winning games. And Keith Kincaid is getting to start on Wednesday. It's his first start in a while. And Keaton Primo is still in Laval. Michael McNiven is still in Laval as well. They just need to get a win. They need to get back on the winning track and, and going from there. So let us know your thoughts going forward, going into the rest of this week, going into Monday and trade deadline. We will have everything ready for you on Monday and everything leading up to the trade deadline if there's things before that, which, let's face it, there probably will be. And we'll keep an eye on the the games as well and the developments in Laval with the Rocket and uh, whether they can turn around before the end of the season. Thank you for listening. My name is Jared Buck. Again, short podcast episode of of absent minded to touch on a couple of things that happened on tuesday and uh, we'll see you later in the week and uh, another look at maybe maybe something else happens between now and then thank you for listening and we'll see you next time on absent minded